Today's message is entitled, The Good Experience. The Good Experience. Just do it. In other words, just do good. Just do good, y'all. Our key verse is Galatians 6 and 10. But today we want to look at Galatians 6, verses 1 through 10. I'll pick a few verses initially in the beginning just to go over there, but we'll be focusing on verse number 10. This passage is all about being good to one another, especially the family. If anyone has ever owned a business or have been on the receiving end of business from others, you know how important it is to be treated with goodness, all right? So we're talking about the good experience. Whenever you go to a business or a store and you have a good experience, it really makes the difference in whether you continue to do business with them or not, or whether you will refer them to your friends and family. A good experience can go a long way. When people have a good experience, like yesterday at the book signing, I had a good experience, and I will remember that. And when we are in the family business, when we say we are servants and Christians of the Lord, people need to have good experiences with us. We ought not be so religious and so deep and so judgmental and so arrogant that people can't stand to be around us. You know what I'm saying? People should want to be in your presence. People should want to experience you. And I'm not sure that we preach enough about just being good to one another. Amen? So let's capture a few snapshots from the opening text. I just want to show you how the first few verses really center around being good to one another. Look at this first text. The first text says, Galatians 6.1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So in other words, this passage basically says, if you see somebody in trouble, Do good. Restore them. Restore the person in a fault, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So this passage starts out saying, if you see people in trouble, lend a good hand. Let's look at the next verse. The next verse says, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, Galatians 6 and 2, and I want you to understand that these verses are leading up to verse 10. 
he says, bear one another's burdens. So if you see somebody who's carrying a heavy load, get up under them, help them. The first one had more to do with helping people who are in trouble, who have sinned or have a fault. They've made a mistake. Help people get out of trouble. The second one says, when you see people carrying a heavy burden and a heavy weight, bear one another's burdens. In other words, help people carry their bags. (laughs) We all have baggage. Help people carry. I remember a long time ago, I saw a lady who was walking on the street. She was walking to the store. Now, I could drive a car to the store. I could go to the grocery store and get my groceries, put my groceries in the car. She had to walk. I got out of my car. I said, ma'am, may I help you with your bags? Yes, you can. I've done it more than once. I was helping to bear her burdens. That's called being good. This is what the family business is about. It's not about judging people when they make a mistake. It's about helping them get over their sin. You got a sin problem, bro. I'm going to help you. I'm not going to cut you off. I'm not going to ostracize you. I'm going to say, what can I do to help you get through it? And when you know people are struggling and having trouble at home, they're financially in a struggle, help them bear their burden. Help them get through it. Look at this next verse. The next verse says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. There it is, good one. Let him that is taught in the word, that would be you, those in the body, communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. In other words, Those of you who are taught, those of you who are in the receiving end of good ministry, the Bible says, communicate. The term really means share with them. In other words, be a blessing, reciprocate back to them in all good things. So do good to your pastor. Do good to your teachers. Do good to your mentors and the people who are a blessing to your life. People who who give you wisdom, people who pour their lives out for you. The Bible says, be good to them. They're being good to you. You clear? So now that kind of goes into what our next verse is going to be. As people sow into you, then you need to sow into them. So look at this next verse. The next verse says, be not deceived. There it is. Boom, pie, y'all. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So the concept is, if I be faithful in sowing to you, if I be faithful in teaching to you, I will reap what I sow. If I sow spiritually, I will reap spiritually. If you sow to the flesh and carnality, you will reap the flesh and carnality. So whatever you sow, Watch this now. You will reap. This is setting us up for verse 10. Basically, it says how you treat others is how you stand to be treated. So we're talking about the good experience. People talk all the time about the good life. You want to live the good life, but you don't treat people good. How can you live the good life? If all you sow is negativity, 
bad and evil and wicked things. Spend your life doing good unto other people and you will see good come to you. Are you tracking? Let's look at the last verse, which is our verse of focus, which is verse 10. It says then, now watch this now, Big Ben, this is going to take me a minute to unpack. As we have, therefore, opportunity, there it is, we just read the few verses in the beginning, you know, do good, help the fault, burden, uh, you know, people who teach you, says, as we have opportunity, what? It's in bold, you see it, read it with me. Let us do good. There it is. Oh, I'm teaching already. Let us do good unto who? Unto all men. Now watch this. Here's a twisty. Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. In other words, do good to everybody, but especially to family. The good experience has to be held with high priority. So in verse 10, what verse 10 is saying is, in light of what was said earlier, in light of me saying, bear one another's burdens, you know, when you see somebody overtaken in a fault, restore such a one, you know, sow into people good things and you'll reap. He says, in light of that, look for opportunities to do that. You tracking? Look for opportunities to treat people good. Let us do so, especially to those of the household of faith. Are you tracking? I'm giving you an overview. Now I'm going to unpack it. I'm going to bring it, break it down to its rawest material. But I want you to understand the big picture first. That in light of what I said, do good to people when there is an opportunity to do so. Can I move forward, Jonna? You ready? ready? Let me break it down for you. Look at this. The first thing I want to intimate today, I want to ask this question. What is the time? What is the time involved in the good experience? In other words, there's a time in which we are to be good. People often ask in the family business, when should I go into business? What is the time that I should go into business? What does he mean by opportunity? Because the text said, the text said, as we have opportunity, let us do good. And so what we're going to learn today, that opportunity really refers to timing. Watch this now. Let me give you this perspective on what is the time. When we talk about the time, the text says, as we have therefore opportunity. Say that with me. Opportunity. Say it one more time. Opportunity. There's a timing to our doing business of being good to others. So while the cup says, just do it, we do it with the perspective of knowing our timing. Good morning to Derek, 
my brother Coleman on Instagram. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us yesterday. But what is the time? So when we talk about opportunity, let's talk about opportunity. People talk about opportunity all the time. Well, opportunity knocks. If I had the opportunity to do this, there are a lot of people who are gifted and, you know, really qualified, but they don't have the opportunity. When we talk about opportunity, we're talking about a set of circumstances that make it possible to accomplish something. In other words, you're looking for the events or circumstances to give you the plausibility of being able to do what you do, which is to be good. It creates, an opportunity creates a good chance for progress. Watch this now. Opportunity always points to progress for better. Opportunity speaks to future favor. So when we talk about, when the Bible says, as we have therefore opportunity, it is a privilege. It is an opportunity. An opportunity is a privilege to experience God's favor and advantage to do good. Watch this now. An opportunity positions me for an advantage in the kingdom of God. Ah, You're going to miss it. God is telling us to do good because doing good, it comes with an opportunity. Ah, watch this. An opportunity is an appropriate or favorable time for advancement. Ah, you're going to miss it. Ah. So when I live my life doing good in my opportunity to do so, I am positioning myself for advancement. I'm going to roll that back. I got to say it again. Rewind. Let me say that again. When I live my life for good during the opportunity to do good, I position myself to be advanced in the kingdom of God. So if you don't do good, you don't since the opportunity and where there are no opportunities, there is no progress. Somebody say, Lord, give me an opportunity. So opportunity has to do with timing. Somebody say timing. I got you saying a lot of things this morning. I'm trying to keep you from going to sleep. Cousin Kevin, come on. Opportunity has to do with timing and the Greek word for time for opportunity there is kairos. Which means, listen, it means due measure. It means a measure of time. It is a fixed, definite time. Ah, here it is. Here it is. Your own vernacular. He says, at the right time. In other words, as we therefore see the opportunity would really read, when we sense the right time. Woohoo! Oh, I like that. When we can feel and sense the right time to do good, take that opportunity to do it because that opportunity is a specific measured time in which to advance in the kingdom of God. Ah, you're going to miss it. When I cook, I put the meat or whatever the dish is on a timer. Ah, I have to leave it in long enough. I have to know when to take it out so it doesn't burn. So I live my life with a sense 
of timing. Somebody say timing. God, let me sense your timing. So watch this now. The text is not random. Ah, come on, stay with me for a moment, will you? The text seems to be random if you say, well, you know, if you have opportunity, you know, just do good to somebody. It just sounds like random. Go outside and, you know, just do good to somebody. No, that's not what the text is saying. Doing good seems random, but it's not. Helping others seems random, but serving God in your season is paramount to your success. We've all heard this phrase, and I don't knock it. I, I get it. It's a positive phrase. I get it. We've heard this phrase, random acts of kindness. Haven't you heard that? Random acts of kindness. But wait a minute. Are the acts of kindness really random when it comes to God? Woo! Did not God perhaps allow the person to be right before you? Because he knew you had the resource to provide for what their need. That ain't random. It looks random to you. But to God, everything is calculated. It is measured. And so God says, as we sense the right opportunity or the right measuring, let us do good. In other words, Start living your life in a way that you're doing good in your season. Uh, according to what God wants you to do. Have you ever tried to help somebody who doesn't want your help? God is not asking you to go out and help people who didn't ask for your help. God is saying, go out and find your opportunity. I don't want Joy's opportunity. I don't want Shauna's opportunity. I don't want Sharitha's opportunity. I don't want Craig's opportunity. I want my opportunity. Somebody say, God, give me my opportunity. There are divine or procedural seasons that come at certain times for certain opportunities. And we must not think it random, but be in tune to the timing of God. You must not think your life is a random stumbling across people who have what you need or you have. Do you, I'm telling you, God ordered your steps. He ordered your steps to be at that job interview. He ordered that red light to stop you, to keep you from the accident two blocks down. He is ordering your life to network and meet people. Co-workers get hired at the job to be your best friend or your lunch buddy. Why? Because they help talk you through a relationship problem you were having. Nothing is random. Somebody say nothing is random. And if and in when we seek to do God, if we seek to do good or show mercy in a season that is not ours, then it amounts to nothing. And there are a lot of people who are out there who are forcing things to happen. Amen? Oh, preach PC. God is not asking you to force his kingdom to happen. Hey, Sherelle, God is not forcing you to get his work done. God is not saying go out there and just set up a lemonade stand anywhere and try to give out tracks. He's saying find the corner 
I designated for you. Oh, I'm preaching. This is sick. Find the area with the people. Remember, I preached months ago about everybody has an audience. Ah, God. In other words, God already has the people who are going to gravitate to your lemonade. Ah, but if you just put the lemonade on any corner, you might be disappointed because you're trying to do good out of your season. Ah, God. Let me give you an example. Uh, When I know that the summer is coming, I put grass seed out there to help grow the grass. I'm always talking about grass, and I, I just think it's a good example. But I know that the summer is coming, and there's a certain time when I start sowing the seed. I know it will be sunny. So what do I do? I wait for the opportunity to do so. I don't sow all year long. I don't sow seed on the grass when the, in the winter. That would be dumb. That's not prudent. That is not wise. And so God is saying to some of you, stop trying to do good in the wintertime where it's not your season. Or stop trying to do good to people or areas or uh, regions that don't want you. They don't welcome you. They're not conducive to your gift. Come back at another time. Have you ever not gotten the job and you think God did that for me, but you go back and you get the job later and it's perfect? It's not your season. We shouldn't just be doing good to be doing good. We should do good with purpose. Come on, this is the good experience. You don't want to hear this? You want me to turn off? You want me to, no, PC, you're bringing this up. Come on now. I'm saying do good with purpose. God blesses us on purpose. God doesn't just throw out blessings in the morning and say, well, whosoever will grab it. No, his blessings are intentional. His blessings are purposeful. I talked about yesterday with my book that provision, when we talk about provision or when we have a call on our life, It means God needs to provide for it. But if you aren't doing anything, God doesn't need to provide for what you aren't doing. Are you tracking? So provision is a way we get God's attention. So when my life has needs, it keeps God in tune. So God gives me based on my specific needs. Come on, somebody. So when you live your life and God knows you're doing good to the neighbors down the street, He's going to keep providing for you what you need to do good because it is your opportunity. It is your season to do it and he will provide for it. Is anyone tracking? We sow, listen to me, listen, we sow in opportunity because our expectation is a harvest. Oh, please let me take my time, Big Ben. Baby sister, listen, what I'm saying is, Who wants to just go out and do good? I don't want to just do good just to be doing good. He's not saying that. We do good in our season. Why? Because we're expecting a harvest. We sow so we can reap. That's how we keep being a blessing. Do you get what I'm saying? God doesn't want you to sow until you're depleted. He wants you to sow consciously. Intentionally and purposefully 
so that you can reap what you sow so you can sow again next season. God, I hope you're hearing me. Too many of us try to help everybody in the family. You're the savior to everybody, but yet you're depleted. You don't have what you need to be who you are. And God says, stop it. Because those same people who you're doing good to take your goodness for granted and they are abusing your gift. Even the Bible says, don't sow your pearls to the swine. In other words, a pig doesn't know how to treat the geniusness of your gifting. So don't sow it where it is not welcomed. Ah, God, I hope you're hearing me. We are not to just do good because good is out there. We are to do good when God gives us opportunity and a designed measure of time and purpose to do it. And if we see, listen, Cynthia, if we see that our sowing has been without return, if we've sown all year and you don't see nothing coming back, I guarantee you, you have sown out of season. I'm going to stop right there. Pause for a minute. Let me let you think about it. So the text says, according as we have season. Yeah. According as we have season, let us work that which is good. Shall I move on? Do you understand what is the time? Well, next question. First one was, what is the time? Second one, what is the work? What is the work? Well, we talk about timing. We talk about, well, when should I go into business? When should I experience the good experience? But what is the work involved in the good experience? Well, the text says this. The text says, the work is, let us do good. D-O. Can you say that with me? Do. Let us do that means work. So to do good is work. So not only is it a matter of timing, it's a matter of energy. It's a matter of work. Oh God, watch this now. So the reason that timing is important because work always needs a realm within which to work. Ah, listen to me. In other words, work functions according to timing. Why do you think they ask you to come to work? What are your work hours? Nine to five. Because your work needs a parameter within which ah, to function. Ah. So God doesn't want us out there in the world just working for no reason. Ah, God, come on. We must look to put our work into a purpose. Ah, watch this now. So the text says, let us do good. What is my work? My work, the work is to do good. The word used for do is really work. It means let us work good. That's what you should say. Let us work good. The Greek term is ergotsomai, 
which means labor. It means let us labor to do good. Oh, I'm talking about the family business. I'm talking about opening your franchise. I'm talking about being a service to God, doing good in the world. Do good to others. That is work. Doing good to others is work. This is the family business. This is where we decide in our lives how we will go about being good to others. What work will I implore to live my life as a service to God? In other words, God is saying, how will you live your life? What work will you do? What work will you do that I can deposit my goodness in and create opportunities for you to soar and to do great? Don't just pick a job because of pay. Pick a job because you have a call to it. Pick a job. because Now, when you're younger, you know, you get whatever job you can. You do what you can. But as you mature and as you grow, your career ought to morph or form into the person you are. You ought to find jobs that are uh, congruent with your giftings, your skills, and your abilities. Because with your understanding of knowing who you are and what you do, God creates opportunity. Oh, I'll say it again. When you know who you are and when you know what you're called to do, God creates opportunity to do what? What is the work? Do good. Listen, our goal is not to get paid like P. Diddy. And, and you know, although it wouldn't be um, bad to have P. Diddy's money, but my point is, we don't work to get paid. We work to do good. And remember, when we sow good into others, we reap good from others. So don't think you won't get paid. Some way, somehow, God will pay your rent. He'll pay your light bills. And he doesn't just give you the bare minimum. Every now and then, God kisses you. He hugs you, puts you in a headlock and say, I love you, boy. I got you this just because you've been good this year. Even Santa Claus says he knows who's been naughty or nice when you're good. Remember you got that bike? Because mama said you were good all year long. You got the bike you wanted. You didn't need it. You didn't deserve it. But mama gave it. Santa Claus gave it to you. I'm just trying to say God is the same way. He loves his children. And he says to you, when you do the work. When you put in the work, when you think about your business proposal, when you think about your career, when you go to school to get your degree, think about getting a degree in an area in which you enjoy so that you can do good in the world and see a harvest come from it. So what do I do best that creates the most opportunities for me to work good to others? That's all I'm saying. What do you do best? that creates the most opportunities to work good to others. If you're in a position, if you're with somebody, your boo, who never wants to be a blessing to somebody, who never wants to do good to somebody, I mean, that's not the best relationship. Your relationships should be a vehicle to do good to others. Your job should be a vehicle to do good to others. Your car, your finances should be a vehicle to do good to others. And God has given us pastors, 
teachers, churches, mentors to help you figure this out. The church is particularly suited to feed the families that are positioned for opportunities to feed the world. I'm coming here to help you find out what you're good at so you can take what you know and give it to other people in the world. I keep preaching weekly. I've been preaching for seven months now. We're in our eighth month about the family business, about learning what God has called us to do. I'm training you to know what you're called to do so you can do good in the world. And I should remind you that this is how you establish your wealthiest place of procurement. Because remember, as a man sows, that's how they will reap. So you can't sow at the wrong time, doing the wrong work, and expect a fruitful, abundant harvest. You know, it amazes me sometimes, and I I, I rarely talk about this, and I rarely say this, but people get mad at pastors for applying the own principles that they're teaching to you. You won't do them, and you won't see a harvest, So you remain in poverty, but when you see the pastor or the teacher applying what he's teaching and he sees an abundance in harvest, you get mad at him for what God is doing in his word. All I'm trying to say is if I blow up, I'm trying to give you the same thing to blow you up too. If God is blessing me, it would be crasp of me to take what God gives and not tell you how I got it. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about peace of mind. I'm talking about being able to lay down and sleep at night, to know that God will provide to be able to have confidence and courage and strong faith, to believe God for big things and do big things. I tell you every week how to experience that. But it's not just going to happen. It takes work. We become our most wealthiest selves when we spend our lives being good to others. You want to be rich? Rich? Blessed? Do good to others. Sow into other people's lives. Find a way to live in a way that you can bless people. And we'll talk about the chronology of that in just a minute. So let's move on. We've got what is the time? What is the work? Let's see what is the field. Tell me what I'm working with, PC. What is the field? How vast is the field that I'm working in? Who does this apply to? Is this only in LA? Is this only in Church of God of Christ? Is this only in the Reformation movement? Is this only in the United States? What is the field? The text says, the text says, do good to all men. How big is the field? All men. Do good To all men, work who, work where, in the field, wherever, wherever men are and women, 
men as mankind, wherever man is, that's your field. Set up shop. How big is the field? I don't care where you go. You can move to Carolina. You can move to Chicago. You can move to Virginia. You can move. I don't care. Wherever man is, that's where you can do good. Are you getting this? This is so powerful, Shanika. The field that holds our plethora of opportunities is vast. The text says, do good unto all. We are not to limit our work of goodness to only those we love. We don't do good just to those who agree with us and work well with us. You're nice to the coworker who's nice to you, but you'll mean something to the person who is mean to you. No, the Bible says do good to all. Are you tracking? We're to do good to all races. Well, I don't talk to white people. I don't talk to Mexican people. I don't talk to... Do good to all races, all colors, all creed, regardless of their political stance. Uh-oh, going to get in trouble. Regardless of sexual preferences, regardless of criminal histories. The Bible says what? How big is the field? Do good. Do good wherever somebody's breathing. Ah, God, I feel him now. You can literally pick anywhere in the world to do the work of God. Just make sure you're doing it when the opportunity strikes. Do you hear what I'm saying? So what am I saying? Well, you shouldn't go into singing secular music. Are there men and women in secular music? Then take your singing or drum playing or keyboard playing self or engineering self to the music industry and do what? Do good. Come on, talk to me, Joy. Take yourself to the uh, the laundromat and do good. Take yourself into lawyering or into doctoring or business. Wherever mankind is. Well, uh, you know, you hang out with these gangsters. You hang out. Well, gangsters need salvation too. Who's going to save them? Who's going to bring them the gospel? Mentors. What's what's the group? Uh, it's called the CY, California Youth Gang Authority. Um, they, they go around helping young people. These people have chosen a work in their life to help reach young people who you would, you would your bougie self, you ain't going to go down there and help them. Find your spot. God, I feel him. Wherever life offers you opportunity and sow your seed, I feel God talking right now that we have ostracized and and excluded ourselves as Christians to think that the only place we can do good is in the church or around saved people. I'm telling you, take your holy self around cussing, lying, weed smoking, throwback 40 ounce vodka gin drinking people who need the gospel and do the work. Corporate America is wicked. It is. But everybody can't work in a godly nonprofit organization. God needs people on Wall Street 
God needs people at law firms where lawyers are billing people unjustly. He needs you to do good. God dog it. He needs people up or show enough up on Capitol Hill in the Senate and the House to do good, to put God's call above politics or your party to be able to find your niche in life and say God put me here when you know that God has put you there no man can remove you from what God has called you to do when opportunity strikes set up your tent I want some of you to start walking around with your backpack with your tent in it And when God says, set up tent, I want you to pull out your tent. I want you to get those tent pegs and nail them in the ground and say, this is where God has me right now. And if I had time, I'd talk about how earth is not our home. It's just a big old campsite where we all are setting up tent. Because one glad morning when this life is over, I'm going to fly away and I will not be living in a tent, Cynthia. We will be living in mansions. God has a home. He said, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be also. The field is vast. Nursing, do it. Speaker, do it. Fitness trainer, do it. Hairstylist, do it. Lawyer, do it. Preacher, do it. God told Joshua, wherever you set your feet, he said, I'll give you the land. Don't be scared. I'm saying to somebody, get your tent ready. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm having fun now. Get your tent ready because somewhere on this earth, God has designed a lot for you. Don't you know if you go down to the register of recorder and if you look at the property you own, there is a listing with a lot number that identifies your place and property on earth. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying that just as homes and buildings have lots with numbers assigned to them, there is a place on this earth There is a job on this earth. There is a mate on this earth. There is a child on this earth that you have been designated to lead and to do good unto. God wants you to find your calling and go out in the field and do the work. Look for opportunities to advance because God has made the field bigger than you're willing to see. Ah, like that. People don't need to be saved for you to be good to them. It is our being good to them that leads them to the saving goodness of Jesus the Christ. But instead, as Christians, we spend more time judging, criticizing, ostracizing people who consequently may miss heaven because of our rudeness and rigidity of religion. Let me move to my final point as the time is quickly escaping me. We've looked at what is the time 
We've looked at what is the work. We've looked at what is the field. But now, what is the priority? Somebody say priority. God, what is the priority? What is the priority? The work of God, listen, has priorities. Priorities imply hierarchy, all right? So when you do a to-do list, you usually have numbers by it, not dashes by it, because the numbers indicate priority. Eh, watch this now. So God says, listen to me, look at the next part of the verse. The verse says, do good unto all men, especially, uh-oh, move that up, move it up to number one, take it down from number 10, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I'm bringing it on in, Big Ben. I'm winding up. The text says there is a priority to how we do good. Ah, God, listen here. God says, I, yes, have given you a vast field, and I have said, do good unto all men, but now we must create a hierarchy. We must create priority, and this is the way God makes sure he reaches everybody. He wants everybody to get what they need, but he can't do it without structure. Somebody say structure. The text says that while we are to set up our tent in the big field of the world to do good to all, we are to especially, somebody say especially, do good to those who are of the household of faith. In other words, family comes first. Ah, oh God, priority. Number one is family. Well, what makes us family, Sherelle? I'm glad you asked. Family is our belief in the same gospel, our faith in the same Christ. So God allows us to be brothers and sisters with people who believe what we believe and we become family. I can be family with somebody who's white, who's brown, who's blue, who's yellow, who lives in Africa. I got brothers in Asia. You hear me? I got brothers right now in the Congo. I got brothers in Germany. I got sisters. Come on, I didn't forget about the sisters. I got sisters in Uganda. I've got family <laughs> all over the world. And God said, if you set a tent up in South Africa, he says, family <laughs> comes first. If you open up a McDonald's as a franchise, God says, make sure you treat family <laughs> with priority. Can anybody witness with me? All believers are but one family. That's why it's called the family business. And it is nonsense. It is tomfoolery for us to treat Baptists differently from Presbyterian and all of the Methodists from Church of God in Christ. If you've been washed in the blood 
of the Lamb. If you by faith have accepted Jesus as the Christ, you are my brother. You are my sister. And guess what that makes you? That makes you priority. Somebody say priority. But one should note, listen to this carefully, Sharitha, that the more we interact with others, the more likely the possibility we have to do good with them. So those who are closest to us become priority. Watch this. God says, do good unto all when you have the opportunity to. But he says family comes first. Why? Because family has things in common. Family interacts with, listen, I see joy more than I see anybody else in my life. Why? Because joy is family. She lives in my house. If my children lived in my house, I would see them more than anybody else, which means that if we're family, I interact more with you, which means I have more of an opportunity to do good to you. God ain't asking you to do good to nobody you don't ever see. He's saying family comes first because we work together. We pray together. Come on. We sleep together. We believe together. We're trusting God together. We're going through together. We cried on the altar together. We sought the Lord together. God has provided for us together. And God says for those whom you are together with, he says, do good to them with priority. And that's why the Bible said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. When there's fellowship, there is priority. God dog it. I'm going to treat my best friend better than I treat a stranger. Trust and believe. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm going to treat a believer Listen, I don't listen. God dog it. What I'm saying is I'm going to treat a believer with priority because I'm believing that that believer has been praying. That believer has been studying. That believer has been trusting. Have you ever met somebody and you sensed the Holy Ghost on them? I ain't never met you in my life, but I sense a camaraderie. I feel God's presence on your life. I've gone to preach at places and somebody who plays the organ immediately we connect because I know that's my brother and I treat them with priority and they treat me with priority and what do we end up doing we end up doing good to one another can somebody say amen Family is priority because the text says do good to all. And I don't want you to miss this, Shana. Why does he say especially? Why does he say especially? He could have just left it at do good to all. Why did he say that, Terry? Why did he just say, why didn't he just say just be good to everybody? Because there is a proclivity. There is a tendency to have the goodness of God rise to the top. That there is a 
preferential status of those who trust God. That there is an elevation that God gives us as believers that rises above the circumstances of the common day vernacular of everyday life. So the term for especially really means chiefly. It means most of all. It says as priority. In other words, he says do good unto all men, but most of all, (laughs) but chiefly to those who are in the family. Family should have the first claim of our attention. You ought to love your family in a way that you don't love your strangers. If this then be true, it could also be stand to reason that we could be in more trouble when we do harm to God's people. If God says, especially do good to my people, how about if we especially do bad to him? So if there's blessing on doing good, maybe there's a really great punishment when we treat them badly. Ah, God, I wish I had some old schoolers who know what I'm about to talk about. We used to say, here's what we used to, we used to say, careful putting your mouth on the preacher, careful putting your mouth on God's servants. In other words, careful what you say about people God is using. We used to say it like this. The Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. In other words, God said, leave my workers comfortable. He says, leave my workers alone. He said, family is off limits. Come on, let me get old school. Let me get African American. Let me get black on you. Let me get culture on you. Let me see you on the street and let you say, let you say something about my mama. What does it say? Family is off limits. And I'm tired of the church throwing brothers and sisters under the bus. Somebody talk about it. We ought to be sticking up for people who are in the family. When people bring you gossip and tell you something, well, you know, preacher so-and-so I saw doing, you ought to say, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm supporting my brother. Family is priority. Talking about my brother and the Lord is talking like my, about my mama in the flesh. There is equal priority. Family is family and you don't mess with family. I remember when I was preaching somewhere and I took the saints that belonged to my church and we had a prayer time at a church that we didn't know and somebody went down to lay hands and pray for the members of the church that I was pastoring. I jumped off the stage. You hear me? I went down where they were praying to hear what they were praying. You don't lay hands on family and I don't know what you're talking. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? You can go to sleep if you want to, but I got to tell somebody family is off limits. Family first. Somebody say family first. Then your neighbors, boo. Then your strangers. We are to structure our lives to be good to others as follows. This is how we are to structure our lives. I ought to live my life with family as priority. Number one. Number two, then my neighbors. Then my friends. Then my associates. You hear me? You don't come before family. I'm going to do good to my family before I do good to my neighbor. And the, the third tier is stranger. Priority number one, family. Number two, neighbors, friends, associates. Number three, strangers. All of which, though, don't miss this, Romeo. All of which is done when opportunity presents itself. Even family, yo. Even family gets good only when opportunity. God dog it, 
relationship. We have more opportunity though to help family because we experience them more. Family has more opportunities because we interact more. Neighbors not so much and then not so much as strangers. So opportunity increases based on interaction. Oh, you going to miss this. So if you want to be blessed in life, you cannot be a hermit. You cannot be locked up in a closet. You cannot be reclusive and say, it's nobody but me and Jesus. You idiot. You have to come out into the world. Interact with people if you want an opportunity. Ain't nobody going to hire you if you don't tell them you're looking for a job. You've got to open your mouth. Somebody say, open your mouth. Let people know who you are. Interact with them because interaction creates opportunity. Where there is opportunity, there is the ability to reap a harvest because opportunity creates the ability to sow. And when you sow in your season, whoop, whoop, whoop. The harvest is coming back. I feel him now. You've got to open your life and interact. And where there's interaction, there's opportunity for blessing. Let me put this on you. I'm closing. I know I'm finishing now. But listen to this. Oh, this is so juicy. This is so juicy, Derek. When I'm getting better in God, you know, when I'm growing and maturing and getting stronger in God, windows and doors of opportunity open more often as I have more interaction with God. The more I interact with God, the more opportunities to grow I have. I'm dropping these dimes. Listen, the more I mature in God, the more I pray, the more I get on my knees, the more I lay myself out before him, the more I interact with him, the more opportunities occur for him to do good to me. <laughs> he opens the doors that no man can close and he does it so he can do good to me. In other words, the Bible says in all things, God is at work for what? For what? Somebody say it. For the good. Come on, somebody. He's at work for the good of those who love him and who are the called according to his purpose. He can do good for me more often when I interact with him so I can do good for you more often when I interact with you. That's why the church got to get together. That's why we got to get together and love one another. It don't take all that. I don't need to go out of you. ought to fellowship. You ought to extend the loving hand. Even the Bible says, greet one another with an holy kiss. The Bible talks about hugging and kissing and shaking hands and believing together. We family, y'all. He models this treatment for us. He does good to us. God, have you ever heard the saying, God is good all the time? Can you say that about you? Cherry is good every now and then. Oh yeah, you can't say it, can you? God is modeling his goodness to us so we can learn to be good to others. Somebody say, this is the good experience. Now love your family first, but remember it is as we have opportunity and opportunity is increased by interaction. So if family, get this, let me talk to you for a second, Shanika. 
if family don't want to interact positively with you, then they have reduced their opportunity for you to do good to them. And you cannot be held accountable for your family's actions when they don't want to be bothered. I'm going to preach and say amen. Pat your own self on the back. Preach on. Because I'm going to deliver somebody who thinks that because family is family all the time, that you think you're obligated to break your back, bend over backwards, go down and do something stupid just because they're family. Uh-uh. The Bible says where there is opportunity, put family first. Come on, somebody. So if family want to act up, if family don't want to cooperate, if family don't want to interact, if family don't want you doing good, then they forfeit their opportunity for you to do. That's all right. I just liberated somebody. I got to conclude from this, honey. I got to finish. Then I'm going to come give you a kiss. Let me go to the conclusion. Uh-oh, don't get all mature on me there. Let me go to this last conclusion. I want you to understand this passage tells us I want to conclude with these words from Matthew Henry from his commentary and he says it so eloquently. He says only to perseverance in well-doing is the reward promised. I'm going to read that again. Only to perseverance in well-doing is the reward promised. In other words, you got to persevere at doing good. You got I know the wife he ain't acting right. Persevere. Ah oh God, there's a reward if you stick with it. Here, he says, here is an exhortation to all to do good in their places, in their places. We should take care to do good in our lifetime and make this the business of our lives. In other words, the business of our lives is to do good. What you into, homie? (laughs) Doing good. (laughs) How you living? Doing good. (laughs) What do you do for a living? Do good. (laughs) And he says, finally, he says, especially when fresh occasions offer and as far as our power reaches. In other words, when God gives you that fresh occasion to be uniquely and un- and identifiably you, when God gives you that unparalleled moment to shine your light like the beacon from the lighthouse in the middle of the sea, God says, I will give you a time where you will glow and you will rise. He says, live for that moment. Keep doing good until your platform rises. Keep doing good on a smaller scale until the bigger opportunity faces it. But Bible, the Bible says that if you continue to sow good, you shall reap good. So Paul writes this portion of Galatians to encourage and remind us to be good to others, but especially to the family of God. And he reminds us that it is work. I'm not going to try to put it over on you. It is work. It's work, Gregory. It's work, my brother. It's work. You've got to understand that it's hard work to do good, especially sometimes you don't feel like it, but it's still your season. The mama who needs to breastfeed her child at 3 a.m. in the morning, she don't feel like it, but it's her season. I came to tell somebody just because it hurts don't mean it's not God's will. Treating people right is a work that has 
timing and priorities. So as we finish out the second half of 2021, may we sing the words of this great old song by Charles Wesley. A charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, a never dying soul to save and fit it for the sky. To serve the present age, my calling to fulfill. Oh, may it all my powers engage to do my master's will. Arm me with jealous care as in thy sight to live. And oh, thy servant Lord, prepare a strict account to give. I'm PC. This has been the good experience. And that's all, pal, I got.